The Guardian. I'm Laura Dockrell and this is for the Guardian Children's Books podcast. I'm going to be reading from Darcy Burdock. This is a poem taken from the end of Darcy Burdock when Darcy, for the first time, reads something she's written herself to her younger sister, Poppy. Um, This is to encourage Poppy, to give her confidence and to inspire her, make her feel better. Poppy just found out she hasn't got into dance school. So this is a big boost of confidence from her big sister. What makes you, you? In a world with so many, it's easy to feel a nobody. Sometimes you can get blended in with absolutely everybody, but fear not, for when you feel like this, just go and find a quiet spot and have a read of this. So you have a spot on your chin, bobbly bumps on your skin, but you're easily the best at imagining. So you have an upturned nose, not even a little one either, like a real pig snout, but without a doubt, you are the best to have fun with. So your hair is pretty greasy, your fringe is wallpapered to your head, but you know what I call a greasy fringe? A gringe. And they are in fashion, or at least let's pretend. So you have bitten thumbs, big gums, a massive bum, so has J-Lo and I don't see her complaining. So you've got a horse mouth, a unibrow, a chin that always goes into a frown, a smile that's always upside down, cheeks so pink you look like a clown, you also have a heart that is honest and true. So you have so many flabby rolls, it's like your belly is a bakery, who cares frankly? Or maybe you're moly and freckly, got knobbly knees, so tall it's like your feet are overseas, so skinny you can fill your collarbone with a can of coke, ears so big it's a practical joke, hairy back, hairy belly, hairy arms, it adds to your charm that you're always so sweaty, and probably helps if you decide you want to go to a fancy dress party as a wolf or a dog or a vole, you know, save on costume and that. Maybe you're as blind as a mole. Are your teeth as long as remote controls? At least you've got character. Maybe you have cheesy toes or a drippy nose. Eyes like a crow. Do you have buck teeth or no teeth or tiny baby milk teeth? Do you have gap teeth or brace face or thousands of fillings all over the place? Are you a bit silly? Do you have mud-stained shoelaces, a fluffy tongue, veiny thighs, a chubby bum, boss eyes, cross eyes, eyebrows so high you always look surprised? Cankles? Who knows what cankles are? Cankles are when there is no different thinning between the calf and the ankle, you know, where the whole leg sort of rolls into one. Cankles comes from the fusion of the ca from calves and the ankle from ankle. The only cure for cankles is to wear boots. So if you are like me, had to have your mum make clothes for you out of old curtains and then would embarrass you by picking you up from school with her entire shirt open, or maybe you've inherited a jaw like a set of shears, are you forever trying to dance like Britney Spears, or are you blessed with a widow's peak, a sunburnt face like a peeling disgrace, like a fried egg on a smashed plate, got bitten nails, muffin tops, are you a complete geek that loves hip-hop, you got holes in your socks, no, not because of any other reason your toenails are so sharp and long that they have turned into blades and have scalped their way through the sock material, who? cares you're not hurting anyone yes you have blisters yes you might have holes in your pants or knickers yes you often get up in the middle of the night to have a nibble on a snickers greedy yes you have hannah montana stickers but who am i to judge budge a u-shaped hole into the universe and behold your birthmark love your scar it's a wonderful work of art Besides, if you cock your head, it really does sort of look like a heart, really. You're passionate about art. You're the best at the bumper cars and you're smart. You know loads about the sea, even though you find it scary. And when you're scared, you suck your thumb like a big fat baby. But I happen to think it quirky. 
You're a marshmallow chocolate firework tart. You're a lemonade supernova. You always make me sick because I laugh too hard and pick me up when I fall over. You're loyal. You're never late. I would let you eat anything off my plate. You help me with my maths. You're selfless. You're generous. You speak like a royal highness. But you must never change the pieces of the puzzle that make you who you are. No matter if you will or won't or don't or do. As wonky, spiky, pokey, gangly, podgy as you are, those are the things that make you special that make you you thank you laura i've got some questions that mm. have been posed to you by our members particularly a member called twilight by and so i'm going to fire away with those questions no problem firstly is darcy like you when you were a girl how much is she based on you Darcy is 100% based on me when I was a little girl. And uh, I remember reading this really good article, an uh, interview with Roald Dahl, where he said that what makes a good children's writer is somebody that can recall every single memory from when they were young and get that all that nostalgia and push it together and be able to live back in time as you were as a child. And I think that's the only thing that I'm good at in the whole world is memory. <laughs> And everything else, I feel like I'm just winging it completely. And I think it's because I've never let go of those annoying little issues, like my sister uh, stealing my stuff or my brother spitting on my head, whatever. I'll hold on to it and I'll still be annoyed about it now. And that's probably why I remember it. I've seen a photo of you and you look like you've got very tangly hair. Is this true, like Darcy? And if so, have you ever used a tangle teaser? I find it really works. First of all, if you had seen me now, I raised my eyebrows as if to say, oh, thanks so much. Yes, I have got very tangly hair and I love the tangle teaser. It actually looks at me every day like, are you ever going to use me? You can put your hairbands in the back as well. But also, I actually did one of, one of the first people to have a tangle teaser. So, Congratulations. Yeah. Now, how come Darcy has a pet lamb and did you have a lamb when you were a child? No, I had cats. I guess I wanted her to have something special, magical about her. Darcy is, as I always say, she's part normal like marmalade and part magical like a mermaid. And I wanted something her to live in this normal house in South London. Everything was really regular, brother, sister, mum, dad, doing normal jobs. And then I just wanted something to be a little bit different. But again, I didn't want it to be like a pet dragon. I just wanted to be a bit achievable. So it was almost real. And I was remembering in um, Essex when these micro pigs sort of came out of nowhere and everyone was having these baby little pigs that were like chihuahuas in a hand bag all the time and suddenly you know the farmers cottoned on and they started selling actual real life just small piglets to these Essex girls and then they wake up the next morning and there was a full-blown hog like in their garden like morning oh, oh buttons what's happened to you and um I really love the idea of someone just having a lamb but it constantly being small how cute would that be Emily it would be the best pet in the world that's what I thought so not a big you or not a ram like morning like just really small really cute and she does move like a dog I really wanted her to feel very puppy. I've spent a lot of time with a sausage dog actually recently when my friends got one. That's kind of how I see her. So it was, I based quite a lot of her activity on um, Louis, this sausage dog that I know. Did you ever tease your next door neighbour as Darcy teases Cyril, who she calls Cereal in the book? 
No one's ever asked me this before. I didn't think I'd actually have to talk about Cyril. Cyril was my next door neighbor and he was really bossy and mean and he only had one arm and we that used to fascinate us, but he used to really show it off and loved going, whoa, I've lost my arm. I still don't, I think it was a bit of machinery, but he used to love like pinning his jacket up and then like flipping it open all of a sudden and we found it so terrifying. And he was used to wear a vest, so he really used to love showing it off. And he had this wife called Winnie and I was obsessed with her. Like she used to have so many teddies on her bed and wear so much makeup. It was really powdery on her face. Like she'd like fallen into some flower. Um, she was kind of like a realistic Dolly Parton that lived next door to you, but with heaps of powder on her face. And my sister and I were just like, oh my God. We just thought they were so interesting. So we didn't really ever have the guts, I think, to tease Cyril, because God knows what would have happened with his one arm. We had a lot of good characters and all the characters inside the book. I mean, my mum's read it and she was like, we're gonna have to move to another country. Like you've basically upset everybody that we've ever known. Like, you've used them all. I was like, sorry, Mum, like, whoops. Were you fantastic at English and story writing when you were at school? And did you have a teacher that encouraged you like Mrs Ixy? No, I was really, really bad at English. And I wanted to be good so much. And the teachers that I, I, I got on with quite a lot of teachers. I was a teacher Lambeth, teacher's pet a bit. But they knew, and it was always that thing when they'd look at my face and I'd have my hand up where they'd be like, oh, she's gonna get it wrong, but she really wants to answer this question. And I just would never take no for an answer. So I would keep slinging myself at the wall all the time, like setting myself up for a fall. I just, spelling and grammar just don't stick in my head. I'm just not good at rules. And I love making up words and I really, really in touch with my imagination. So I would just daydream and a whole session would go past and I would be gone. like the whole time. But I loved the reading and I loved the characters and I wanted to be so good at writing. And that's really what knocked my confidence with the writing when it came to spelling and grammar. I felt like to be a writer, you had to be prepared to get A's in English and, you know, go on to do university and and, and be a genius, basically. And, and that I really wanted to spell that. When I go around to schools, I try and reinforce and encourage that actually you don't need to be this A-star student in English to write. To be a good writer, you just need to live and be in touch with the stories that you're creating. Someone else can help you with your editorial like that's what most people can do but to be a good writer that's one in a million really I had a teacher called Miss Bamford in year three and year four and I loved her uh, so I would have been you know maybe like eight or something and she was a punk she had long red hair pierced nose massive boobs and if you'd been good she'd take you to this little cupboard and play come 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 chameleon like Oh my god. Even the rude boys would be like listening to singing away to Culture Club and that's what I found amazing. If you were good as well, you got like our classroom felt like our bubble when it was like our bedroom. We got to choose like the lino colour colour and like decide what we wanted on the walls and it felt like it was our secret bedroom. We had stick insects for a bit and we were really into Greek mythology as a whole group so we always had like things about the gods up on the wall and she was just really cool. Her mum was deaf as well so she taught us all sign language just cause. So to be able to be like the whole rest of the school just didn't know sign language and we could just be like, you know, do gangster's paradise in sign language if we wanted. Who was your favourite writer when you were eight? Probably Jacqueline Wilson, actually. Tracy Beaker completely changed my life. And so to have the, her quote on the next book was just unbelievable. I've, been, I've worked with her a little bit this year and she doesn't realise what a big deal it is for me. Like I play it so cool in front of her, but really I'm like, like we share from the same packet of biscuits. Our fingers go in the same packet of biscuits. And in my brain, I'm like, and I know it's a big deal because I'll put it on Instagram, like a picture of us or something. And all of my friends are like, 
oh my god you're so lucky and I'm just like yeah babes like it's pretty much for me and my job that's like the creme de la creme. I really like the way Darcy loves her sister Poppy yeah. in the first book because I love my brother. Do you? This is Twilight talking now. Oh Twilight sorry Twilight. Vi, rather than me. Okay. I don't have a brother and so many books make siblings rivals. My sister is my best friend. What I, what we love, I mean, my sister and I, is we try our absolute hardest not to say mean things about people in life and we really hate gossip. But to have each other, it just completely, you can just go and like completely vomit everything that you've ever thought about anybody to the phone to your sister. And you know that's where it starts and where it stops. To have that complete solid backbone friendship where you can throw your toys out of the prams and be as ugly and as grotesque and as nasty as you want and know someone still has to love you, that unconditional love is just the most incredible like support ever, ever, ever. My sister, she sometimes she reminds me, she's like, do you remember that time that boy Lamar wouldn't go out with you in secondary, in primary school and so you got all your coat hangers and threw them against the wardrobe and I was like, yeah, I remember. She was like, I thought you were so cool that day. <laughs> That is the whole reason why I write this book, really. It's just a private diary for my sister and I to laugh about it. We've got a brother, too. He's the coolest one out of all of us. He just thinks we're absolute idiots. But when we get him in the right moment, he can completely go back with us and feel like we're tiny again. We all slept in the same bed, you know, until we were, like, until I was about 17, out of choice. Like, we had a house with bedrooms. And we would still go, no, yeah, shut up, whatever, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then be like, what are you doing? And just, I just look back and I, my mum just was thinking, what the hell have I done? I've created three mad people. When we were little, my brother sometimes, there were some rude boys that used to live quite near and he's really small and he was like quite small for his age. And sometimes a kid would like come round here and be like, Oi, Hector's like, these boys are picking on Hector. And my sister would be like, we're gonna go and get them. Like, rah, rah, rah. And I'd be like, yeah. And we'd like get down to the park or whatever. And I'd be like, ow, ow, my leg, my leg, ow. My sister would be like, oh, I have to do it again, don't I? I just gotta take the whole fight all by myself. And I'd be like, is that okay? Is that okay? And I'm always still the baby sister. Like, even though I'm the oldest, I'm the worst big sister in the world. Like, my mum said I'm as much used as a chocolate teapot. And then I remembered this lie that I had said once in secondary school, not even primary, that I'd said to this one girl, she was annoying me, and I went, well, at my house, every day we have, like, a four-course breakfast, and it just doesn't stop. It's, like, fruit, and then it's croissants, and then it's granola, and then it's bacon, and then it's eggs, and it's da-da-da, and the whole family... I think it's because my mum and dad were breaking up at this time, and I was like, the whole family sit down around, around the table, and we all look each other's in the eyes and say what we're looking forward to most that day. And it is such a special, precious time, and anyone that doesn't do that is never going to have a good life. Like, just start this line I just thought about it this morning and I was like and I think that happens a lot in school but people think if I pretend to be this person it's going to distract from what's happening in this thing I won't have to deal with that so much I can live like Sasha Fierce and Beyonce and flip between the two and it will never really be real but what happens is over time you lose less and less of yourself and then that's not special anymore because actually you're living in somebody else's shoes that aren't real they're fake shoes and fake shoes they ain't going to walk you to the bus stop so what is your um, top tip on being yourself and being happy with who you are? I always strip everything back. Have I got everything that I need all the time? Am I warm? Am I well-fed? Am I happy? Yeah, if I'm those things, then 
that's all I need and everything else is just accessories, what the music that you listen to, the films you watch. For some reason there's always that want, especially when you live in London, especially when you're young and you're going to school, that actually for a bit you quite like to be like everybody else. I get it, I always dress like a clown and sometimes in my area I'm walking around and I think, actually today I just want to be, I used to have multicoloured hair and um, I, it was really horrible and I just wanted to go swimming and just wanted to be normal and wear no makeup and not wearing a colourful dress. Being in a swimming costume with multicoloured hair sometimes would make me feel really out of place and really like, oh, I feel really exposed and and weird. I used to have a shaved, half my head was shaved too as well. And it's lovely when you're all dressed up and glammed up, you know, going out, having half a shaved head. Oh, wow, I live on the edge of life. Um, when I'm in the gym, I just felt like a tramp, basically. Like someone that has having a midlife crisis who just had buzzed half their head off and gone, I need to go running now and just sort my life out. So actually, you do sometimes want to feel like everybody else and blend in in the background. Are you planning a third Darcy book? And... Is she going to keep getting older? So the third book's finished. I'm midway through book four because it was initially supposed to just be three books and now it's going to be five. I don't know if I'm allowed to say or not, but I've said it, so whoops. I was starting to get really scared because I really don't want her to get boobies or grow up as a woman. There's so many changes that happen happen at this it's like the pivotal perimeter of change that I would have to write about. So in book three, it, it, it's written over the space of one week. <laughs> It's like, have you ever had one of those weeks? Because I just thought I can't bear for her to start becoming 12 and 13 and her and Will make... I don't want one of those Ron Weasley, Hermione moments where I'm like, oh, God, wish I'd never made that happen. So um, they're going to start to grow, but it's going to be over small, small, small passages. But it's going to be five. For more great downloads, go to theguardian.com slash audio.